the interview. Our interview portion. We're here with Brit Wit today. Can you say you, Brit Wit? Can can Brit? Can you say your name I for can't everyone? Even say, it. say it. Brit Wit. Can you say it ten times in a row very quickly? Definitely. Can no. we try? Are you gonna just go right into? Can the I board? count on my fingers? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you have to do it very quickly. No, it doesn't work. See, it doesn't yeah, work. The, the B and the W. <laughs> it's, it's tough. It's like saying Buffalo Wild Wings. Like people used to times. call me Whitney when I was a kid because wow. they thought that my name was Whitney. You don't look like a Whitney. No, no. you don't oh have ugly boots on. Or they would call me Ashley. Ooh, which is your favorite? You love that name. It's Daddy's name, so they thought I was Ashley. Oh, ah, a little backstory for our listeners too. <laughs> Britt is a friend. Of right. Cameron and I. Right. So uh, you're going to hear some inside jokes today. Yeah. Probably fine. some familiarities. But At this um, point, we probably only have the people on the inside of those jokes that are going to be listening. It's going yeah. to branch out. Yeah, so nobody it's else fine cares. for now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> for the three of Brit's enemies that are tuning in right now to see if they can get any dirt, uh, <laughs> please know that there will be inside jokes. Brit, why don't we start off by just getting a little bit about you, like in a very awkward elementary school, raise your hand and tell us about yourself kind of way. Why didn't I think that that would be a question and like prepared myself for that? You don't Do have I start to at like yourself. the dawn of when? Oh man, I didn't want it to be like that. I didn't want to be like the, <laughs> what's the band name about? <laughs> type you of band thing. Name me? I like those band name questions. I mean, you got to start somewhere. Okay, we're going right. to start Every with Every interview name. has to start with that, you know, yes. Yes. awkward. Yes. We're going to start with band name. Give us a little bit about you. Well, here, okay. Here's a good tidbit. I didn't know my name was Brit Witt until I was a junior in high school. Let's what? hear about that go pretty that quickly <laughs> before yeah, you we get to elaborate. into this. I did, I did not become Brit Witt until I was a junior in high school. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need details on this. <laughs> go ahead. You, you've, you've got uh, the talking stick. Well, I always went by Brittany growing up because my Brit was, was reserved for grandma and grandpa. It was very oh. endearing. It was, a, it was a closeness kind of nickname. So it was, getting it, like, it was like a badge of honor? To get to if someone was able to call me Brit, I would say it was a badge of honor. Oh, but wow. it really only was like grandma and grandpa could call me that and anybody else, I'll fight you. <laughs> it's a little weird <laughs> to have a pet name from your grandparents, but that's okay. We'll talk about that later. Continue. No, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> Who does it? <laughs> well, I have, I guess, pet names for your grandparents, but back, yeah, it, it yeah, works like both Yeah, like and Popo. Yeah, well, Nana and Brit Papa. Brit isn't really a uh, no, it's not name. a meme. I, no, you're right. I, I don't know. I Bear wanted, is a pet name. I wanted but. to sexualize your relationship with your grandparents really quickly. You, you really wanted on. to go yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, we there. can move on. Yeah. So they're a little. I spelled it wrong on the board, and Al said he was gonna that you were gonna just that was, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna on make the whiteboard it just to let everyone know. Britt's name is spelled with one T, which she does not necessarily like, as <sighs> I've uh, collected from personal history. I mean, you can't be offended, right? You could. You've said <laughs> multiple times in the past you don't necessarily like I don't Brits like it, but it can't be yeah. offended. I mean, people don't know. That's true. I think it's common sense. If the last name has two T's, you might just put two T's on the first one. Right. Or some people might mispronounce. Does the last one have two T's too? Did yep. I, oh, I did that right. <laughs> Damn it. If you had one T, someone might uh, think it's French and say Brie Wit or something yeah, like that. Yeah, which, which I also get do. even when I have two T's. So. Wow. So back to you not knowing who you were until you uh, yeah, until like, I what, became an acorn hit you on the head and you realized that your name was Britt Witt and you decided to run. Yeah, with it. pretty much. I was running for. Uh, I guess this is an insight in who I was in high school. I was running for student historian. Wow. In student government. She's a freak in the sheets, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Wait, the historian they know most about history and social of the studies. school. I think. Oh, of the school. Honestly, I don't think I knew what the hell it meant. I still matter. don't know what I'm, it means. I don't. I don't know what a historian exactly does. Yeah, I, th I think they just keep track of. Right, they just like heard library books and things. Right, and make sure and everything. people the catalog. Right. Yeah, it's the cataloger. Which I'm great at organizing and stuff, so maybe it made sense at the time. But mm -hmm. it was literally like we were making signs, and one of my friends started writing my name and was like, "Oh shit, your name is Britt Witt," and huh. then she was born. Wow, and that moment of clarity that you stumbled upon. What did that feel like? Did it feel like actualizing coming into yourself? Did it feel like Dave Matthews Band crash? <laughs> did it feel like that song was just kind of sparking in your body? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, that, that's pretty good. That, okay. yeah. that would define it pretty well. Just want to make sure, because I feel that. <laughs> you just want to make that sure it's that, that this very specific feeling <laughs> that you described. <laughs> it was like being born again, but not Christian way, but in the, like, I just yeah, lost my virginity okay. way. Right. We don't have any Christians listening to this podcast, <laughs> so they're not going to be offended. My mom it. might listen to this. So. Is she a Christian? Oh, big time. She's from Central Oregon. Everyone oh, in Central yeah. Oregon's Christian. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, speaking of origins, where are you from, <laughs> Britt? <Yeah. Britt? laughs> 
not Wait, Oregon. Oregon? Uh, or, origins? Or, no, not an Oregon origin. Just origins in general. Just, yeah. I am from mostly Los Angeles. Mostly. Sounds I, like there's a story there. Yeah, let's hear it. <laughs> Uh, I will call myself born and raised in Los Angeles, but technically I was birthed in the 909. And then I can, lived in... Can you explain that a little deeper too? Right. Not everyone gets the area yeah, the, code jokes. Around. Is that the IE? <laughs> That's the IE, the Riverside. The greater inland okay, empire state. area. Yeah, baby. Okay. Love that meth out there. Oh, yeah. There's, a, yeah. We yeah. Get, there's meth great in Nashville. Meth there's meth in oh, Oregon. Dude, there's, there's meth, meth everywhere. Because it's fucking yeah. great and affordable and everyone should be on it. I guess. Well, there's <laughs> shit else to do out there right, except exactly. for fucking do True. meth. And yep. that's parents eliminated the meth part, but definitely did the fucking part because here I came at 19 right. years old right. from mom. Yeah. So. 19. <laughs> Shout out to Tatiana. <laughs> Might be listening to this podcast. Britt's mom, you did a lovely job having this baby <clears throat> at a very young age. Yeah, it kept, it kept us all young. So now we know where Britt is from. Britt is from the Inland Empire. Right. Uh, I, okay, I was born there. If anything, right, I was fair. really from Los Angeles. came okay. to came to being in Santa Cruz, and then we moved down here when I was like Santa Cruz. Eight. More meth. Good. Yeah, absolutely. Meth on the beach. Uh, a little bit of meth. A lot of rape. A lot of murder. Right. It's it's sketchier than you'd think with that. Really. With, uh, well, I mean, I first went there when I was a child. There was the boardwalk. I was like, this place this is, is magic. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Except this for all great. the, except for it turning into the murder capital, rape capital, and homelessness capital Oof. all through until basically like this last decade. Wow. So maybe where you're from in that regard, in the Santa Cruz <laughs> regard, is maybe that describes your work ethic. Yeah. Because you are just murderous <laughs> yeah. with your work ethic and have been for the past how long in Los entire, Angeles? Entire entire life. How long? Let's, can, can you? Uh, I saw everything in her life flash just flash right before eyes. Yeah, I wish we had video with this. <laughs> um, here's another what's your band name mean question. Um, what was the first job you had in LA in the industry and how old were you? Hmm. Well, does being like 12 or 13 and starting to book bands count as a job? Or are you talking Absolutely. like where someone was I'd actually so. exchanging money? To two retired musicians right. we say that instead of failed instead of failed you're talking to two retired musicians of course that's a job for us can you talk about that a little bit i'm, okay. cu I'm so curious even being your friend i'm curious about it so back in those days what what years is that like early 2000s when like myspace was barely birthed and really all you did was like blogger.com had just yeah. become a yeah. thing and pitchfork wasn't even something really people paid attention to so mm. I was on my little blogger and I was like, it'd be really cool to make a music website. I really wanted to be a music journalist. And so I just started basically making reviews of bands and I would star them or whatever I did. I don't know. Called it, uh, I think I called it Dead Cab Driver. Ooh. Dead Cab Driver? Which don't even com? ask me where that came from. I cannot I remember can't where you it came from. I did get up. a cease and desist from Death Cab for Cutie. I don't even know if Death Cab for Cutie was really like doing Seems like anything. It's like more of an amalgamation of a bunch of bands. Yeah, there. no, Death yeah. Cab Driver. <laughs> Maybe some Taxi Driver with De Niro <laughs> with some Death Cab. Um, no, Death Cab was doing something at that time. I think 2000 was We Have the Facts and We're Voting Yes. I don't know if I was cool enough to know record. who the hell they were, though. Record. That's I don't know. I don't know where it came from. It makes sense that it would be Death Cab for Cutie, but I don't remember liking them until later in high school. What, do you remember where Dead Cab Driver came no, from? Just no the recess like of it. the darkness of your mind? <laughs> just somewhere, like smeared mascara. Just it came from somewhere. Just to let everyone know, when Britt texted me one day five or six years ago, and unfortunately her text came through from an old Gmail address, and it was xxsmeardmascara. <laughs> Um, at Yahoo? At Yahoo. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sorry, yahoo.com. Um, and she's never been able to live it down no. since. Yahoo's always the shame account from the past. I had AOL for years, and every time I gave out that address, it looked like I had just killed someone's firstborn son <laughs> yeah. in front of them. It's like saying ma'am in Beverly Hills. <laughs> you can't, can't get away it's with It's like asking those. for an Android charger. Right. Like, you <laughs> get out of here, scum. <laughs> You immediately deleted from all contacts. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So booking or doing this blog thing. Yeah, doing this blog thing. I I was exploring any way to find music. I don't even remember how. Like I know MySpace was a way to find music, mm -hmm. so that must have been basically where it all came from. But I got into booking bands that weren't from LA or even California, and I would help them get shows in LA. Oh, so cool. I would get them shows at like the Roxy and the Troubadour so you're and a little the Whiskey scene Queen then. That's yeah. what you were. Yeah, yeah. I was bringing I was in bringing early adolescence. In. So I'd <laughs> say amazing. that was my like first 
in, aside from being a professional singer up until I was 16. But that was like, that's what really set me on my trajectory, I guess, was having that weird blog and booking bands at 13. Hold on, I did not even know that you were a singer. Yeah, no, this is insane as well. We're going to have to maybe stop and rewind a little (laughs) bit, right, Cam? There's way too much to unpack here with Brent. We didn't even think we were going to get this much info. (laughs) All right, so I'm just going to put a little reverb on that mic, and you go ahead and give us something good. So it turns out our first guest is also our musical appearance. (laughs) Here you go. Well, that's that's great. So what made you stop playing music? uh, Um, Because you said until 16. I had a my dad was my dad is a composer and oh, wow. still absolutely one of the if still not the best musician I've ever met in my entire life. No offense to all y'all. Oh, that's fine. No, but we're he retired. Really is, it's okay. He really is just absolutely incredible. And so, but in turn, he was very perfectionist, and he yeah. wanted his daughter to be perfect as perfect as he was. And I wasn't. I couldn't pick up a guitar and immediately play it like a professional. Mm-hmm. So. That trickled down into finally we just had a blowout over a gig that I had. And I was just basically like, all right, dad, well, fuck this, fuck you, fuck everything. I'm never going to sing again. And I left it. But I had been singing since I was very, very young. Wow. Um, I want to point something out here. Britt, you've obviously, and we'll get into this in a second, you've you've booked some rooms in town. And um, you used to perform, and you told your dad manager to fuck off. (laughs) I think at some point, and you started the blog at like 13. This is crazy because in your rooms, especially booking at the Hi-Hat, which again, we'll get into, I'm sure there's been more than one band that felt that way before a gig in your room. Oh, yeah, You know yeah, what probably. I mean? So it's kind of full circle. <laughs> You've really seen yeah. both sides of everything. Oh, yeah. Which is pretty insane. Which is probably what made me or makes me the better on this end professional with musicians right. because I right. know where you're coming from. I've known where you're coming from. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a huge plus to have someone in the corner doing that. Uh, obviously, you know, we have a lot to talk about today, but one of the things I wanted to talk about was like, not only is it hard to make it in this industry in general, secondly, it's much harder to make it as a woman in this industry as, you know, science has shown as far as like not being treated as fairly as men, which is ridiculous. but. Furthermore, making it in the industry with a lot of people who haven't had that experience as being a musician or playing a gig or getting paid no money or getting paid a a bunch of money, you know, like you have seen a side of this that is so empathetic to what, you know, Cam and I and all other bands have to deal with in town. Would you say that that's a huge selling point for your pyro ability and like... Yeah, you know, absolutely. Your, your, your I mean, it, employability. I can. I mean, as an industry professional, which I don't think I consider. I don't think of myself that way. But as as one of them, I think I'm more well rounded than pretty much mostly everybody because I do have. I mean, I've been in almost every single aspect. Other, aside from playing an instrument as an adult, mm-hmm. I've done everything. So it, I'm extremely well-rounded, and I know where everyone is coming from. Right, so you can see both sides of any situation and know yeah. exactly who's right in that situation. Yeah, which is probably what makes me insane. Yeah. Oh, right. definitely. I bet, I bet that would drive me insane. You heard it here first, folks, on the Go Parade interview segment, side A. Brit Wit. Brit Wit is insane. <laughs> I can attest to that personally, and I'm sure Cameron can too. <laughs> um, when I first met you, I think you were booking probably bootleg. Okay. Right before hi hat situation. That's Where, that's a, wow. I don't know how long ago that was now. Probably six, seven years. I feel ago. like we met even before I moved to bootleg. To be honest. Okay. So where did you start? Um, like where did you start booking venue wise in LA? Um, when I as an adult. Yeah, as an adult. <laughs> uh, I was independent booking kind of anywhere, and then I got hired by Spaceland to work at duola.com. Okay, and that's the, when it. That's when like the independent booking really picked up. I was doing. I don't know, I would throw stuff into the satellite or mm-hmm. lot one or bootleg. Right. Um, I think that's kind of it. I would just say mostly east side and just help bands get shows. Yeah. Because other people didn't have the connections or you took your we didn't MySpace have Instagram. experience and just <laughs> you, you 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 put it in a microwave and it aged a few years <laughs> yeah. and then you were back to booking. That's yeah. awesome. And then I I mean bootleg, I wasn't even booking. I was just the marketing director, oh, okay, which is why that only lasted for six months because mm. I started losing my mind very quickly there. Right. I would imagine. <laughs> Do you wanna talk about 
why exactly you were losing your mind pretty quickly? I mean, maybe not even at that establishment, but within that role, is there, is it, is it an occupational thing or was it, or was it more of a personal thing with coworkers and whatnot? Uh, I th- it was probably both. I, I like marketing and it comes easily, but it's clearly not, it's not really what I was passionate about at the time. Right. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have a say in anything. And if I did say something, I didn't get credit for it. And to go back to your comment about being a woman in the industry, that was, that was really rough because I was working with someone who on one end seemed like he very much respected women. And on the other, when a big women's only festival came in and I was the only female working at the, at the venue, I was the only person pushed out of anything related to the festival. I was Mm. barely, I was like, I wasn't even included on marketing conversations. So I was just like, Made me start. Was the Republican Party booking bootleg at the time? <laughs> <laughs> made me really start considering, like, is is being a woman in the industry a thing, and right. is the bootleg somewhere I want to be working? And um, just thank goodness, hi hat actually swooped in at the right time. Right, and the hi hat, you were there for a while, and crazy accomplishments while you were at the helm yeah, of absolutely. that place. Let's actually give you a. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I don't know if the mic can pick that yeah. up. It's, it's, it, oh, it sounds nice. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, just spotlight or showcase some of the crazy firsts you had there, you know? Um, I mean, Billie Eilish is right. absolutely yeah. the like Huge. the biggest one that I had. And that, How did that I'm, come I'm about? Extremely... Because were they even, they were buzzing at that time, but they were very no. new, right? I mean, it, barely buzzing. Their song, Ocean Eyes, had been released and it was blowing up on SoundCloud, but people didn't, it, she just sounded like, you know, one song on SoundCloud kind of thing. Right. And... Um, I, I think I just happened to be friends with their manager. Kevin Bronson and I from Buzz Bands yeah. had talked about her a bunch the months leading up into me starting the hi-hat. And then I think I happened to be friends with her manager. And her manager was like, she's your neighbor from the hi-hat. She's like right around the corner. Would you consider doing a show? And I was like, hell yes. I mean, no questions asked. Once I once I even heard her, I saw a lot of me in her. Right, and so that became like a. I, that, I wanted to help make sure that 16 she made probably it. Probably at that time, right? No, she was thirteen. Oh my! Wow! Wow! Incredible! That's so. That's so I was. Crazy. I think. I think a lot of my interest in her came from feeling like I was. I was basically looking at myself, you and saw I a wanted. Yeah. yeah, and I wanted. I wanted her to be successful. Just to kind of give back to myself of, she's doing all right. Yeah, now she's doing all right. Well, no, all she right. only won like six Grammys. I, <laughs> so I feel I like you could have wedged okay. another uh, one in that arm load. I think she Finn won five or six. Okay, with that record, you can only really buy a house in like Norwalk or something. <laughs> You're still not LA proper yet. Just kidding. We love you, Billy. And that's a really beautiful story to tell, Britt. Especially like, yeah, segueing from the conversation of how difficult it is to be a female. Uh, or to be a very unique, specific, individualistic female who has her own voice and set of convictions that other people find to be frictitious um, of, with, with their own beliefs, especially men. I think that's a lot of the problem and the poison in the industry is that men have this predisposition to think, I'm fucking right all the time. Yeah. Um, and like even going back to the bootleg, that all women's festival that was coming through, you're not being included. You would think that you would want to talk to a doctor about health and a mechanic about <laughs> yeah. cars. You know what I mean? Um, so exactly. it's, it's wild to, to hear that that still happens. And um, hopefully that obviously will stop soon. But you went from bootleg to the hat. You were there for so long. Cam was just talking about your accomplishments. Yeah, the so, first... so Billy, Billy is the biggest. Right. Um, There's plenty of them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mondo Cosmo, who's coming back. Um, it was his first show, and now he's coming back and doing a major underplay tomorrow. Yeah, and he's oh, been wow. very successful. Yeah, over the I've, past. I've years. been listening to him yeah. since uh, Eastern Conference Champions. Um, also, yeah. a Billy Joe Armstrong side project, which was called The was, Long Shot. The Long Shot was that their first show at the Hi Hat? It was. It was. It was the first on a tour. Maybe he had. He maybe they had played like some smaller room before. That. You know, it's possible. There was, it uh, all became a blur. <laughs> River, Rivers Cuomo, right? Rivers mm-hmm. Cuomo did. That was his first solo show. Really? And, uh, That's cool. He loved it so much he didn't want to get off stage, so try <laughs> kicking Rivers Cuomo off stage. Well, <laughs> he's got about 16 albums worth <laughs> and of material. He ended up doing, I think he ended up doing more either. solo stuff after because he had such a good time. Wow, that's cool. 
Because hi hat felt great too. Yeah. Um, no, I mean I've had great I, shoes. I yeah. love that room. You're no longer yeah. there, obviously. The sound was, the sound is still the best. Yeah. Yeah. And when you have Chad behind the the Chad monitor, baby. it's just Chad Carlisle. Chad Carlisle. Get yeah, a shout Chad, out. Chad Don't Car- I, I think Team Britwit Chad Carlisle is really what made that room yeah. incredible. You also, you know, Brit, and I hate to get sappy on air here, and I know Cameron feels the same way because we've talked about it a million times, but not only did you have some successful firsts with the hi-hat in that room, but you also gave myself and Cameron and so many other people so many opportunities for not only first shows, but residencies and repeated shows. And, you know, even when you knew we would only draw either, you know, between 20 and 15,000 people, which, you know, <laughs> and, you know, we'll get to I've later. I've probably played there almost 20 times. Wow. Yeah. And yeah. You've, you, were, you were so incredibly uh, forgiving and, 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 and opportunistic and like really aggressive in your cheerleading for local bands. No, this, I mean, every time you play there and it'd be a first to three, if there's not very many people here, you'd already be up there like filming it for Instagram. Yeah, and it was, yeah. Just like, it was always there. It's like, she's Gotta still here? Like, she's not, not joking. Just she's, like you being a friend to both Cam and I too, but playing there felt felt like home turf. Yeah. Whenever you had a hi-hat show with Brit behind the booking, didn't it feel that way, dude? It felt like, it oh, felt like that home. faster than any other venue. You know right. what I mean? Like Absolutely. as soon as it was open, it was like that. Yeah. Like everybody wanted to play there. Everybody wanted to be a part of it. So, so thank you, Britt. Yeah. Thank you for, and, and on behalf of, of not only us here at Go Parade, but all the musicians in Los Angeles that got to play the room under your supervision. Thank you so much for having us. It means more than you know. And uh, I'm, st- I'm crying. I don't know if you can hear my <laughs> tears on the microphone. Can you turn my tears I do want to know uh, for, for you, like what's your favorite maybe moment or moments that you had like maybe show-wise or just random moment that you had working there? It's hard to say that there were necessarily favorite moments because, like I said, it all just ended up being a blur. I was was just working so hard, and it was – I never took a moment to, like, stand back and be proud of something. But it it was – the best moments were just being there for for the bands, whether the room was – empty or not when there was a good show happening i was stoked it felt yeah. great yeah if, that, when that was a packed room it felt and, and you could t- like especially when i could tell that the band was having a good time yeah it i was just like all right my job is done i I'll totally. move on to the next day and and hope this happens again um there there were like really rad moments like one of my favorite bands ray pila from mexico came and did a halloween show and we all painted up together matching as skeletons and that's oh, like cool. That was very exciting because Ray Pila is someone I was I'd been following for many years. So like to have this, I don't know, familial moment was yeah. exciting. Wasn't there a random crazy wrestling moment that happened oh, there? Yes. I remember. That's a pretty fa- that's a pretty favorite moment. Um, I didn't when, I didn't get, get, ever get the full he, story. Actually, there. so the favorite moment is what nobody else does know, and it might come out in the documentary. I really hope it does, and it has a lot more weight, even even after the night happened. So what's his name? Uh, David Arquette. That's that's what you're referring to, yeah, right? Yeah, that's, that's, that's what so I So the, the wrestling nights were fucking rad. I absolutely loved hosting those. That was That's another thing about the hi-hat that I loved is we could do anything I wanted right. to do. Yeah, that is a beautiful thing. From music to a vendor fair and wrestling. It was great. So we had wrestling and Nick, Nick Gage, who's just a psycho wrestler... <laughs> smashes a fluorescent tube over uh, over David Arquette, cuts his neck in his artery, and he's just gushing blood. We all think he's gonna die. He gets David Arquette <laughs> like gets back into the ring, still fights anyway. There's just blood everywhere. It was so cool. <laughs> and and that's that's what everyone that's what everyone saw. These epic photos and videos yeah. of David yeah. Arquette that's getting his neck Much better slashed. than your usual Monday night residency oh at a venue. God, it was incredible. Just blood everywhere. It just ruled. And <laughs> but the but the real magic moment of that was afterwards. He he goes straight into the green room and out the back alley. And Luke Perry is one of his best friends, or was one of his best friends, oh, wow. and he was there in support. And the the magic moment is just watching Luke Perry carrying David Arquette in his arms like a princess style, oh. 
and wow. just like watching their silhouette just like fall down the alleyway. Into Cherokee the oh my God. Wow. <laughs> and then a month incredible. later, Luke Perry passed. So it was just like, it made that moment. It what just an LA moment. Layers yeah, of There mo- should be credits moment. like yeah, <laughs> starting to filter up from that moment. You know, it's amazing. So we know how your, uh, your, the doc about you ends. That's how that ends. Oh yeah. That's like the yes. ending point. Your silhouette yeah. moment. Yeah. But that, now, I wish I could have done. I could, wish that could have been my walk away from hi hat. I didn't even get one. <laughs> um, so now you have moved on from hi hat. Yes. Um, do you want to talk about that? Or yeah, let's talk about that. Where are you, where are you sure. now? Where are you at? So I now work for Collide, which is a marketing event production agency. It's just Collide now. It's just called Collide. Yes. It's okay. not Culture Collide. It's not Culture Collide. Form Culture Collide FKA? referred. That I think that mostly referred to the festival that right. we used to have in Epic gotcha. Park. Gotcha. Okay, cool. That Epic. I all, love that festival. Yeah, dude. Culture oh, Collide Bands was always from my all over the world. It was so cool. That yeah. you never, like, I can't believe Unknown Mortal Orchestra and of I Montreal. And yeah. I remember that year. That year was fantastic. That was a great CSS, year. CSS, the Ravenettes. Yeah. Like, Ravenettes. Those, the lineups were, it's like Cloud Nothings. Like, the yeah. lineups were so insane. And you were seeing bands. I felt like it was... It was the foreign artist Echo Park Rising. Yeah, absolutely. And I made so many friends all over the world because of it. I feel like I can go in almost every country and I know somebody there because of that festival. That's awesome. And it's kind of serendipitous that you're now working for the company. Yeah, and now I'm working for the company. That that gets even deeper because. uh, You want to go deeper? Yeah, I still haven't told my bosses yet. Let's go deeper, dude. Oh, (laughs) I love it. Collide is uh, breaks down to. It was part of Filter Magazine. Right. And when the two Allens split, one Allen came. He did Culture Collide, which is now Collide Event Production. Still does a magazine. Has a baseball team in Oregon called the Portland Pickles. Um, That's incredible. <laughs> you're an Oregonian, and you I don't, don't even know, know who the about pickles the Pickles are. Yeah. Well, now you're going to have to know. we got to go to a game together. I'm down to go oh see the Pickles. Oh, my God. Dude, I am so down to fun. just go get a Pickles shirt. I want to go to this, this the sporting Portland Pickles. Like, the Portland Pickles, you. yeah. I got you. Yeah. And they have a, a minor league team, I think, called the Gherkins. <laughs> the Gherkins? That's so cute. Wow. That's real cute. Uh, anyway, so he, so Alan was part of Filter Magazine, and Filter Magazine, I think, Al, you and I were figuring out what year that it actually started, I think think I must have been 14 when Filter Magazine started. And yeah, something around there. Because I remember picking it up, too. Do you remember picking up Filter yeah, Magazine as Filter. a kid Filter or a young great. teen? Yeah. yeah. I love love that magazine. Like I said, like even when I was 12, 13, I started this blog, and I wanted to do a, a music magazine. Filter Magazine comes to life, and I'm like, holy shit, this is what I'm going to do with my life. Mm-hmm. Fast forward to my 30s, and now I'm working for the guy Ew, that basically set me on my <laughs> We already said our age earlier. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Uh, so you're now working for the dude who inspired you. Yeah. And that's fantastic. Does it, are, I mean, I guess it's maybe not best question to ask in case he ever <laughs> listens to it. Are you nervous? All the time. Okay. I'm terrified. Okay, cool. <laughs> in a, um, in like a, a fatherly or paternal kind of way? like. Yeah, it, I'd, I'd say it's more that. Not like... I think he's going to kill me or <laughs> right. I'm not right. Do, right. or I'm not doing a, new, a good enough job and he's going to fire me but I'm terrified that like if if this is the guy that inspired me I want to make sure that I'm right. you wanna, I'm living up yeah. to the expectations that he has created in being the professional that he's been his whole life. Wow. And also staying true to that original nucleus of an idea that you had that he kind of planted inside of you at such a young age. Yeah. So event-wise, what what kind of stuff do you what was Collide focused on now? So we, I mean, I guess it's all music, generally music-related events. Yeah. So this... I'm the I'm the talent buyer and project manager, any event that requires a show. So something like the Doc Martin series that happens all over the country. All right. And that's that's what we do. We produce it, and as a talent buyer, I would be booking the artists that are on it. You get free shoes. Uh, nice, <laughs> nice plug. Great, Doc Martin's plug. is the best. So I imagine you, you like uh, right South by coming up. You guys doing? Yeah, a we're doing a couple by showcases stuff. at South by. Are you having fun booking that? It's very intense, but so in, you have to go. I'm sure this year. I do get to go to South by. It's my baby's first get South to. by. Oh, we're still saying get, get to. to. Okay, well, great. You and I aren't saying get to because Britt's not going <laughs> in the capacity that you and I would be going right. in. Britt actually has well, a nice hotel close to the grounds <laughs> or wherever she's going to be booking. Wait, you're not you're not maybe staying at a friend's maybe that lives out of town. Maybe staying at a friend's <laughs> that lives like outside of the. You're not staying at the Motel Six in North Austin that Colin only sets book to single it. <laughs> playing two sets a day, drinking warm PBR. No, yeah, Britt is I'm going. Never 
forget all five of us walking <laughs> with Dan Bynum walking into this Motel Six, seeing one bed. That's a beautiful thing. And Colin thing. being like, "I didn't think about asking for more than one bed." Oh, cool. <laughs> oh well, that's how gangbangs start. So I'm sure you you have a good story from that. Yeah, yeah. now I'm very curious no, how so you guys so all fit. Can you ima- can you believe it's Brit's first time at South by no after way. years of Baby's booking first. bands and Los Angeles? Well, the Angeles. first one's the best one. Yeah, it's it is. It fun. is the most fun. You're going to have a blast. It's not like back in my Indie 103 one days, it sounded like the best place to be in the world. Yeah. But now, now I'm like, I'm curious what it's going to be like. Yeah, me too. Uh, Ka- earlier in this episode, Cameron and I were discussing his tri- his recent trip to Nam. So, oh boy, that's, see, that's another um, one where it's, it's like it's kind of the same thing. Twenty years ago, right. you think it's going to be cool, like when you're young. Cool. You're like, dude, I want to go to South by, and then you get to South by at our age, and you're like, what the fuck am I doing <laughs> yeah. here? It's hot. There are way too many young people here. Everyone's um, just trying to do the same thing, right. which is weird when you're coming from LA and you're already chaos. doing that. It is yeah, absolutely total chaos. chaos. We bought one year. We bought a dolly at a at a Walmart in Fort Stockton on our way out there. We're like, <laughs> wow. this is going to change the game. Everything, everything on the dolly. We left the dolly out on the curb gone. for oh, thirty never. to forty five seconds. Gone, gone, absolutely gone. No it way. ruined our whole weekend. I mean, it probably turned into someone's vehicle <laughs> and then disappeared yeah. into the abyss. Yeah, it's it is a it's total madness. Trying there. to park a van at that place. Do people still think that they're going to get a record deal at South by Southwest? I don't know. And what, what or do does think? that do, still do happen? Think- Britt, do you think you're going to get a record deal at your first time at South by oh. since you're going for the you first know, time? You know, someone might hand me a mic. You never know. Oh, right. You never You've know who's around. You've got a mic in front of you right now. Uh, Cam, you want to slather on some reverb. of that reverb, baby? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's going to be really exciting for you to be in such a bustle that that is and see it for the first time. And also to add to your empathy, as we were discussing earlier, like you've seen so many of the musician side of things. You're about to see another side of that where you're going to be able to further empathize and next year when you're booking it, you can be like, oh my God, I saw you guys working your ass off. Maybe yeah. give you like less of a set or more of a set or a little bit more money or you know, so on and so forth because you're gonna know what it's like to be there. Yeah, it's, that, that's gonna be ideal. It's like a swap meet in hell <laughs> for, for gigs. It's yeah, really but there's strange. a ton of beer. There's so there's much just beer. So much free beer. The and Lone Star, yeah. the amount of Lone Star, Lone Star. that you, yeah, yeah, that you consume there is pretty insane. I'm pretty okay with that. No, you're yeah. gonna, yeah, you're gonna have a blast. <laughs> it's fun. I'll you just sweat drink it right beer out. the whole entire time. Although, actually, when I work, I don't, I don't like to drink because it just tires me out. Right. Of course. Yeah. yeah. And plus, you have to be the responsible one in a lot of the yeah, I guess the uh, the occupations. I guess depends. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to be ever too responsible in the industry, quote unquote. Um, unless you're retired like Cameron and I. <laughs> right. uh, and then we can do whatever the fuck we want. We lead sober lives. Yes, we do. It's it's really I, re- I really like being so, like, I remember being at Desert Days and literally being just the only sober person at Desert Days. And it almost gave me more energy just to be seeing other people out of their minds and me being like, I'm out of my mind, but that's because I'm trying to produce and manage 8 million things at the same time. That's just as, I get just as high doing that as anything else. Absolutely. Right. And that's your work ethic. Your murderous work ethic <laughs> that you got from Santa Cruz that we were discussing earlier. Yeah, all I the math. Half of work, baby. All the math that Give you me some more work. being born in the IE. I mean, you came out with a shattered light bulb in your mouth, ready to fucking liquefy some rock. You know what I mean? You're ready to go. And if that's not enough, you also manage a band. I or do manage more bands? Band. More yeah. than one? Actually, or just one right now? I'm sticking to one right now. And the new job is. Let's let's give them an introduction. It's one of my favorite local groups. Yeah. I know it's one of yours. Definitely. Too, we'll Cameron. definitely have them on the pot. Yeah, we should yeah. because they're fantastic. Fantastic. And, Brit, and they're what are they great named? to chat with. They're called Jagged Baptist Club. Great band. Great band. Great debut record that mm-hmm. came out last year. Chain Letter Collective. Chain Letter Chain Collective. Letter. Oh, yeah. Killer local label. That facial was on. I don't know if there are any facial fans out there. Um, Cam, you ever listen to a band called Facial? Yeah, I've heard them. The first album was the best. Yeah, I, I believe I, I agree. White Veil. I only liked them before they even released an album. You know. Uh, let's talk about Jagged Baptist Club. Yeah. Um, and let's talk about. I don't. I'm not going to ask you what your band name mean, and subsequently ask you what's it like to manage a band. <laughs> um, but how'd you guys? Awesome. How'd you guys come together? Awesome. Like, like, yeah, what, that is what strange. Was, uh, they used to be there. called Just, Test. Yeah, Test. And in their earlier days was, I mean, their earlier days are probably long before Hi Hat, but. In their early days when they were still playing probably only Lot 1, uh, they came into Hi-Hat in the first couple months that we were open. And I would just sound check. I was like, holy shit, this band rules. And they yeah. were still just test. And I was like, you guys are going to go somewhere someday. 
this is going to, you guys are going to just break it. Mm-hmm. And I had been a huge fan ever since, supported them as I, as I do with a lot of bands, but I, there's a special place in my heart for them. And when they decided to just kind of switch things up, change their sound a tiny bit, get a little bit more serious and, um, you know, change band members and, and just, you know, become a new thing as mm-hmm. bands do. They need, they realized they needed a manager and called me and I didn't even think about it. I was just like, yes. Was that your first group? I guess technically. I think I've been, technically as a manager, I think I've always been a consulting, right, <laughs> a friendager as uh, we call yeah, them. Yes. Yeah. I've been a friendager Lit, for yeah. a lot of oh, people. Yeah. I've had plenty of those in my life. No, they're, they're great. I mean, I love the name test, but I understand it's just, it un- wasn't it's Google. Not Googleable. Yeah. It's on oh. Yeah. And that's Which, part of, ah, when we're a, talking about the name, that's part of where Jagged Baptist Club right. came from. Which like, is an awesome name, too. I it is think, an awesome name. I think it was instilled in Blake's mind because, as you guys know, I do tell people a lot of like a lot of advice to become successful. And one of the things is make sure your name is Googleable because right, right. it sounds really stupid, but it's true. If you can't find the band, then you're not going to find any fans. Mm-hmm. So I think that got in his mind and he... Jagged Baptist Club is just something you Google that. What else is going to come up? Maybe like some bondage site, but Which is tight. probably the only. Yeah, I think, band it, I think it's like porn or something. Yeah, I mean, I Jagged Baptist Club sounds like I want to be a leather daddy. Yeah, so, I'm into so when it. facial re- we first released our first song, Ghetto. <laughs> Facial ghetto? It didn't. Yeah, that wasn't. That's not. That's hard to grab metrics on. That is not the best. That's rough. Yeah, that's a hard Google. <laughs> why, I remember, why did you guys call yourselves facial? I mean, we re- it's we all regret it now. How I drunk were you? I mean, it was a name I feel like I had way back where I was like, I, this is going to be like a huge band of all our friends, and we're going to call it facial because it's just like the most insane thing, and then it ended up being the name of us, and then we... Wanted to change it for about three albums. <laughs> and, I never thought it was a bad name. I don't, we loved I still it don't, for a long yeah, time. Yeah, I don't think it's a bad name. But it just got we we outgrew it. I would say. You know, and yeah. and in an age where right this age having yeah. a name like facial doesn't yeah doesn't we want to be allies well. and it seems offensive now. Yeah, even though <laughs> in it a could, way it was even though we could be talking about getting a spa experience, totally. everybody. It's a why does everyone activity. have to cry about something? I know. Like we on our tours, <laughs> we'd have people come up and be like, "You should change your name." And Jay would always yell, "The definition of facial is as of or pertaining to the face." <laughs> <laughs> that is a beautiful way to counteract that <laughs> that coming argument. And imagining Jay yelling that is even funnier. Yeah. Yes, but I remember one moment. Uh, we, when, in the beginning of Facial, we were all like, we don't want to be on certain aspects of the net, you know? We were like, we'll have an Instagram. I remember and, that. And you guys were like, we're not I doing a Facebook one show page, we were trying you. to do at, at Hi-Hat. Yeah, I was about to say, Brit, this is probably me. <laughs> Britt was talking to Sam, and I was in the car with Sam, and she's like, Britt just texted me, what's our Facebook? And I'm like, well, we don't have one because we don't like Facebook. And he, he texted you, he was like, we don't have Facebook. And you texted back, you sure that's a good idea? <laughs> <laughs> and it told, we both were like quiet for a minute, and we are like, I mean, I guess we could get a Facebook. It's not right. that big of a deal. Yeah. You know, we'll just put all our stuff on there. It's fine. <laughs> and, that was one of the, and it did help. I mean, we have more fans on that than most That things. is a pure testament to how <laughs> Brit Witt has been giving healthy yeah, it was just and like helpful a little poke advice in prod yeah. to local like, bands. It's not yeah. a great idea. I'm not going to tell you what to do, but I'm going to edge you in right. the right direction. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but it was it was smart. Britt has told me to do about 17 different things that I haven't done, and look at where I'm at right now. <laughs> retired. So, retired musician, maybe the golden years oh, of my yeah. life. Oh, one thing I wanted to ask you, just one last thought for my end. What would you say you've noticed as far in the east side music scene of Los Angeles has changed from even when you were 12, 13, doing early booking to today? I mean, is there something that you notice that is way different or is is it kind of like repeat patterns or mm. I don't know. I like, I like this one. That's like one hell of question. a question. Yeah. It's a big question. We're going to re-spark the interview process right here because this <laughs> yeah, is about I, I to wanted, take another I, 20 yeah. minutes. Well, and I feel like this is really important too, especially yeah, I think very. for all of us, we've all, we've all been, I would say we were part of the birth of the East Side music scene. Okay. Mitchell Frank and Liz Garrow being the one, being like the godfathers mm-hmm. of the East Side music scene. I think we were all there when it started, when the satellite was the only venue you could go to and Arcade Fire was playing there because nobody Space knew. Also known for people Space who Land. didn't Space know Land. it before it was satellite. It when you was maybe the greatest in the place in the world. Best Yo, place to I don't smoke a cigarette in LA. Me neither, that. but I miss it. Ugh. 
You could challenge the Steven Seagal lookalike who was running the pool table back there every night. <laughs> oh, What's her um, name back there? Sylvia? She was so mean. Oh, yeah. Very <laughs> mean. So mean. But I that's loved when her. Spaceland and the smoking area had the co- the speech bubbles, too, right. like the half oh, bubbles man. on the you could, conversation. Like, hear conversa- you could hear people from across the room. I man, got, I got hit on a few times there from hearings like some chick talk to me from across the room from one of those bubbles. See, those magic... Oh. Yeah, there was some magic time. Space Land was, was magical. Magic so Obviously, that's different. I, I would consider all of us basically veterans of that time. Mm-hmm. And I, I'd i be so curious how you guys see the East Side and see just music scene in general. Um, but from my perspective, it it's changed a shit ton. And mm-hmm. there are patterns. And I keep trying to figure out if it's me getting older and being part of the later generation, the later generation, yeah. or if something really is different. And I've come to the conclusion that it's both. Right. I'm part of an older generation, so I'm not the 22-year-old at the Echo. I'm not doing that anymore. <laughs> but are they, are the 22-year-olds of today, are they? I don't think are they, they are. Yeah. That's, that's what's weird. That's yeah. So that's why I'm saying there, there's definitely a change in with basically, you know, Satellite not being Spaceland anymore. Mm-hmm. That was a huge that shift a in the one. East Side. That was massive. The Echo now being owned by Live Nation. We're all, That's I think, recent. on the edge of our seats wondering what is this going to mean for all of us. And then music in general has gotten... Strange. We'll say strange. Boring. Okay. Uh, strange would I'll be agree a nice... I'll agree with boring. Yeah, no, dude, I'll agree with boring, too. <laughs> I was just trying to be nice about it. You can be nice because okay. you're the host. That's right. Co-host. <laughs> Um, co-host co-host yeah he's the only one keeping himself in mind like that <laughs> I, I I think Cameron that's such a huge question with so many levels yeah. Cam- Cameron and I talk as retired musicians quote unquote <laughs> ha 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 Cameron and I talk at length whenever we're together about this subject I feel like it comes up at least once in whatever small conversation we yeah. have because we're scared because we're very scared <laughs> right and we've like you know we've it's funny to hear you say, Britt, that the three of us are part of like an you know original. We were here when this thing was kind of starting in L.A. Since L.A. has held the torch for so long, is like the Music City, USA, the real one. Um, but when, whereas Cam and I could like theorize and and gripe about it, um, it's so beneficial to hear from someone like you who has been not only behind the scenes in a very important fashion, but but also very much on the front lines. Um, so it's nice to hear you say that it's a combination of age and, you know, things have just changed. Can you elaborate a little bit more on that? Like, would you say it's harder, would you, would you say there's more static, therefore it's harder to create a scene or that there's too much of an influx of bands here now, or that people following trends is adding to the death of the scene? Can you explain Like, give, give us what you got. Tell us what you really think it is. It surely is all of those things. Um, as a, as a venue manager that I was, I immediately recognized that we just had too many venues. And I, I recognized when we opened the hi-hat that it was it was going to kind of be a catalyst in the scene starting to have a fall before it rises again. Because of supply and demand? Yeah, there's just, well, you give people more venues and then how are you really, how are the, how is anyone rising to a top anymore? Mm-hmm. I don't know if there are necessarily more bands these days. There, there probably are just because access to being a musician and putting your music online, every, all that has changed. Definitely, it's definitely so changed. So that's, that's definitely changed just being a band. But now that we have more bands and more venues, everything just kind of gets spread out. So you end up not, you, you get this static. You don't hear the things, you don't pay attention to the things that really should be rising up because you have 8 million other things going on at the same right. time. Gotcha. So you're saying that as opposed to conquering one popular venue, the surplus of venues is creating like marginal static that is getting so loud because no one really knows where to find the cream of the crop anymore. Yeah. Because and, and you don't know if it's a cream of the crop because like I can stand in my room or stand at the Echo or stand anywhere and be like, wow, this band rules. And you look around, there's no one around. Right. Yeah. And as a talent buyer and as a, as a business, you don't really bring that band back. Yeah, and then you don't know like what happens to that band. I mean, I remember right. when I was first, when we were first playing, Vaughn and Prost was first playing, we just wanted to play Spaceland. Right. Like, of course. We, we were playing anywhere we that could, but we game. were like, yeah. we can't wait till we get that it. And we got a show at Spaceland yeah. on a Wednesday at midnight. And we're like, this is it. <laughs> we got it. We're <laughs> yeah. going to get that record deal. <laughs> we're yeah. like, we're, we're, we're set. We're playing Spaceland. 
and now it doesn't feel it is more there's yeah, so there many different there places to that, play. there's there isn't that achievement anymore i yeah. think the achievement now is getting outside of the local circuit Absolutely. but that's the catch 22 if you're no in the local circuit you. what yeah. the you're booking not, agent won't take you on if you're not on tour but you can't get on tour without a booking agent getting, yeah that's right the, yeah the wow. catch 22 that's will like keep you up needing there. seven years of bartending experience and getting your first bartending job. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, how does that work? So it's it's difficult. I think I think in general the music industry as a whole is in a weird flux right now and mm-hmm. that's going to trickle down into our very small community. I think a, a lot of a lot of people asked me what I thought when Live Nation took over the Echo and Spaceland and everything. And really my most heartfelt sincere response was where were you? If you're so upset that this giant corporation right. is coming right. in, but where were you when the Echo needed your business, when the Echo yeah. needed you coming to those shows? You stopped going. You yeah. stopped paying for tickets. You stopped supporting the bands that were playing there and buying merch. It's like this community is starting to just kind of dissipate. spread apart, yeah. dissipate, and that leads to things like a corporation having to buy a space just so it stays alive. Like right. we had two options: Echo it was closes lucky that it or a corporation close, buys yeah. it. Yeah, I guess. And what? Like at least we still have it. Yeah, that's true. That is very true. I haven't but been it, there in a while. I really, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're part of the problem, <laughs> ass fuck. But I really harp on the community being more commu- more together, and that's that's something I think our our generation of the industry and the East Side scene. We were all so tight knit, and I think there, we still are because true. of that. But I don't really see that in younger bands. And the and new kids. generation, yeah. yeah, it is. They're really all just strange. kind of like, I'm entitled to play these places right. and go on tour and make money. And we were all just like, Can we just get into the Echo tonight? Like, right. yeah. <laughs> are we going to be able to smoke on the patio? <laughs> <Right. now>? Yeah, <laughs> jazz to see each other, jazz to get gigs with each other on the bill, so on and so forth. Like yeah, all these it things. was communal. There it was, was beautiful. It was really feel nice that. feeling. And I guess that was what like. Six to eight years ago, and then maybe up till about 2016, 17, it felt I mean, that there's still way. moments where you feel it. You know, I, think, still, I think 2017 was when it really, that was just, we just had a shift. Yeah, I feel And like. I have hope for it. I haven't lost all expectations and dreams for our scene and for music industry, but it's definitely well, that's why you figuring still, itself you out. still work in it, yeah. and you still... Yeah. still well, Cam and I have, have lost all hope, so it's yeah. nice to have you here. Uh, <laughs> I haven't retired little, yet. Yeah, yeah, you're not retired. Um, no, no Margaritaville for you just yet, no. but, but very soon, very soon. <laughs> on the brink of that, that's for sure. <laughs> We're all on the brink of Margaritaville. Yeah. Y'all, y'all nearly put me in the grave with that hi hat shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's give Brit another round of applause yes, for being you, out of the hi hat yes. shit and onto something on new some and bigger stay, and better. Like, yeah, just coming back full force and uh, moving up and yeah. moving on and still being such a huge purveyor. And trendsetter and trailblazer of the scene. Thank yeah. you, Britt Witt. Thank you for Thank coming you on the Go Parade. Thanks for being a part of this. That yeah, was nice. Thanks. I'm yeah. excited. We'll be back with the Tone Throne. Wow. Welcome to the Tone, tone Throne. <laughs> yeah. All right. Back in it with the Tone Throne. The Tone Throne, baby. Uh, this is where my guitar center moments get to show oh yeah you get yeah. to sell me this pedal that yep. we're going to be talking about here oh man did you like the tone throne music i that that was incredible who was laughing maniacally at that the is you no That's it's you. not yeah you sent me that laugh i just put it through some valhalla the the reverb yeah yeah, yeah. So it was real nice oh. and do you like the guitar solo that was sick how did you do that <laughs> i made that myself on a midi keyboard wow with the setting uh distorted guitar that was the setting name <laughs> you know MIDI. It sounded like a Boston lick. Yeah, right. It was hot, dude. Yeah. Just yeah. me mashing on the keyboard. I love that. It was more than a feeling. It was, sure. it was, I thought about it way too much. Yeah. I'm not going to lie to you. I, th- I thought about coming in here and recording me doing like this actual lead guitar masterpiece of like Sweet Child of Mine just riffing into mm. uh, into like some Aussie steel or what is it called? Crazy Train. Okay, just so all these riffs. Now, and then I'm like, that sounds uh, a little excessive. Hey, Cam, you're triggering me right now. Uh, the years spent working at a guitar center. What do you think the number one riff I heard It's not was? Sweet Child of Mine? It is. It the, is? It is the lick. It's fun to play. Uh, I can't play it. Oh, you should learn. Oh, no. You'll love it. I'll never learn how. I'm to not gonna that. lie. It's a fun riff. I'm Once not, you figure out no. exactly how what he's doing with that riff, nope. it's a lot of fun. No. It's basically a good version of "What's My Age Again." 
That doesn't make it any better for me. Just because I gotta of stop the using the point one and two things. So. Multitude. No, it's okay. It's fine, dude. <laughs> I think it's like that you being two years younger than me, you probably didn't latch onto the Blink Who's Blink One Eighty Two? No, not like that. You just probably heard him. I don't know. Oh take no, off your dude, pants I remember Dude something. Ranch. Okay, I, cool. I, yeah, my sis, I had an older sister who was. Uh, promiscuous with her her music listening early okay, on, good. so no, I heard Dude Ranch and thought to myself, "This is kind of cool." Oh, okay, so I was it didn't really hit me until later in life. Well, yeah. well, I mean, it doesn't even have to hit you now. It's not a it's not a legacy it band hits. to most people. No, it is a legacy band, dude. That's why they're like headlining Royal Albert Hall. I don't want to talk about Modern Blink Way Two though. I don't. Want okay, to do that. no, let's There's not no talk. Take off your pants and jacket. That was, you like that record though, I bet. Huh? Oh yeah, I mean, I love everything from the beginning through self titled and. Self-titled is one of the best ones, one of the most underrated wow. underrated Blink albums. I think I'm going to have to go back and listen to that for the first time. I don't think I've ever listened to that. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> well, okay, it has so that maybe, annoying I Miss maybe You the song. Maybe the two-year age guy, I miss you. You know, there's a my friend once sent me the Tom's verse from I Miss You YouTube video that's uh, 10,000 hours long. <laughs> it's just, where are you? I'm and I'm so, so sorry. sorry. And then it gets to, I miss you, I miss you. Where are you? <laughs> it's, that's it'll incredible. make you like that's torture chamber stuff right there. You can just put. You know that what going. would be torture chamber for everyone listening to this right now? If we could just break into the chorus of that, you and I, right now. You ready? One, two, three. Don't waste your time on me. I'm already a voice inside my head. We messed up the lyrics with the with the, the pronoun. Yeah, yeah, the, or yeah. yeah. Well, dude, it's 2020. I'm not doing it again. It's, uh, it's hard to know how people are identifying. Um, okay, that was fun. That, was go? that fun for you guys? So, yeah, that's that's the piece of gear we're talking about. Is What what was the pedal one more time? <laughs> no, Sorry, we got that Guitar Center uh, sidetrack. Today we're talking about the Walrus Audio Fathom. Tell me about it. It is a teal multifunction reverb. And I played with it at NAMM, and it's damn fine. I bet you did play yeah. with it at NAMM, and I bet some guy walked up to you and handed it you his business card and said, hey, man, if you really want to make it or write some tune. Okay, continue it's with true. it. It's true. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's actually it's really cool reverb. Four different types of reverb okay. on the pedal. give me those. It's got the hall, the plate, nice. uh, a lo-fi, and then Ooh. the sonar. Can sonar. we talk about the lo-fi and the sonar really quickly? The sonar is what I've played with most, and it's just this crazy gigantic space reverb mm. you know that just i mean it just takes your tone into those like beautiful takes your tone into the zone yeah baby. like that, like uh, ethereal almost like <gasps> you're like you're just you're all of zero you said you're ethereal all of, and now you're in a dream pop band yeah. congratulations oh wow my whole oh, outfit wait. changed <laughs> No, you're just you're just one man CROs up there with this thing on the sonar. That's, that's incredible. And then you know it's got the bypass switch, but then the rights it's got a second switch, a sustain. Wow. So it's basically a freeze pedal on Ooh. it. So you can you're you're up there and you got that sonar going and you're sounding like you're playing this amphitheater and your guitar's going on forever. He's so yeah. Like Jonesy's next to you and you're like, so my God, this guy's tall. And then you hit the <laughs> you hit the sustain and it just swells, baby. It just mm. swells. Throb Thomas. <laughs> and I love that on the tone throne. Welcome to the tone oh! throne. Oh! On the tone throne. We are not actually going to like play with pedals no, or listen to them at all. That. We're just this going to demo. viciously describe yes. what they do to make you want to hear it, but you're never going to hear it. Okay, so the freeze function sounds incredible. Yeah, that's that's the big one. That's definitely why it's going to have to become part of my repertoire. And is that here. switch where the boost would be usually in any yeah, other pedal? Yeah, okay, it, cool. Like, so it's yeah. on the right hand side. At first, side I thought right maybe hand. that's what it was, but then you know, you start playing, and you're like, oh it's no, a freeze. I actually played with it for a while before I was with my friend Alex, and he came over, and he immediately was going to that freeze at the sustain. I'm like, wait, what? You just took this small box that I want and maybe want it more? It, was that at Nam? Yeah. Oh, wow. You discovered the freeze at Nam. It was your first time playing with this thing. Well, so, yeah, with this one. Yeah. So th we're plugging Nam right now. Oh, I like, really didn't want to be doing yeah, that. I mean, that's exactly I mean, unless they want to like sponsor us or give us any sort of. You hear us, Nam? Yeah. Mm. I mean, I don't know if there's just one. One Nam. Yeah. Hey, Mr. Nam, give us money. <laughs> yeah, it's probably someone's last name because I honestly, people kept asking me this, I don't know what it stands for. North American Music Muckery. Marathon? Marathon. That it's, sounds it right. It feels like a fucking marathon. It's not a marathon, though. Maybe not. I mean, it is if you shred. What 
what word for convention starts with an M? Museum? Uh, yes, it's the National American Musicians Museum. <laughs> right, because they're Montana. all, it's just old, old musicians. <laughs> that they're like, look how old he's gotten. Right. He loves Glenn Campbell. He lo Who's Glenn Campbell? Oh, get out of here, millennial. I still don't know. <laughs> I actually don't know who Glenn Campbell is. I don't know. He wrote he Piano Steely Dan? Man or something. <laughs> <laughs> is he in Steely Dan? <laughs> Wow. Uh, but um, I mean that's, that's okay, hold on. So that's sonar. That's hot. But yep. I'm really still you said lo fi yeah, which just, turns me on a little bit because yeah. obviously you and I are it's like just a little bit you know, of a grittier right. reverb, which I appreciate. You know, you get like this the more traditional with the hall and the plate. Yeah. And then you get a little bit of the grittier one, and then you get this just space delay. What type or, of gritty would you say? I didn't play with the lo-fi much. I'm like not gonna snuff lie to film gritty? Uh, or let's like, go with snuff. Snuff film gritty? Yeah. Right off the bat. Oh, I'll actually describe another gritty. I'll probably just um, take snuff film. Though. Like expired peanut butter gritty? Chunky? Chunk, yeah, expired not chunky, chunky peanut butter no, gritty. Not that okay. chunky. I wouldn't right. imagine. Again, I did not play with the lo-fi setting. Okay. <laughs> I'm still going to ask you more questions about it, though. <laughs> but Walrus, we Walrus their stuff is sick like yeah most of their pedals i don't know if you've played with any of it. I, I was it was definitely the most impressive setup i saw there i mean i like a lot of the more boutique pedal companies alexander death by audio but the death by audio stands a goddamn scene you know it is like every cool band oh, that's playing yeah. the echo tonight mm -hmm. is over it's there like when you were young in hot topic culture and you got the dickies jacket with the black flag yeah. patch yeah the death by audio is the new black flag yeah. patch and yeah. like there's all these amazing guitar pedals but everybody's trying to plug in like their old casio to it you yeah know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> just like somebody play a guitar through that thing <laughs> welcome to the new los angeles music scene baby. Hot stuff. well yeah definitely check out walrus audio the fathom any other pedals but the fathom fathom's the way to go i'm gonna have to get it well, if you're listening to this, Walrus, we'll take two. Yes. <laughs> Even though Cam bought one. Did you buy it at NAMM? I have NAM? not bought it. I, 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 last time I was at NAMM, I did buy uh, Death by Audio. So you can buy there. things at NAMM. You Some can, of them will. You can walk up to Brian with his flame shirt on and be like, hey, man, yeah. where, where can I buy I bought the robot, one? the Death by Audio mm. robot there last time, and I got a great deal on it, too, from Death by Audio. So thank you, Death by Audio. But, Thank uh, you, Nam. I guess are you gonna are you gonna before we end the tone throne? Are you going to sell this pedal to me? Yeah, through the so guitar center way. Let's uh, let's do a little bit of role play. <laughs> that sounds great. Um, here we go. Okay, so. Oh, yeah. I feel like I'm there. Hey, hey, man, that's that sounds great. Is anyone helping you out right now? Um, no, I, I, I Oh, I, cool, I'm dude. Hey, dude, what's your name? Oh. Cam. Hey, Cam. I'm Al. Uh, I'm I'm a guitar representative here, oh. but I know a lot about accessories too. That's a that's a really sick pedal, bro. What what is that? I mean, it's one that you guys sell. I I feel like I barely have. Oh no, dude. We got dude. We have like you know a gnarly selection of pedals here, so I don't get to play everything because I am pretty busy with all my other customers. But oh. if no one's helping you out, dude, I love. I'd love to... So you're to, taking time out just for me, right? Yeah. Oh, no, dude, absolutely. I saw you. Dude, that sweet child of mine lick is... Right, I just learned Dude, that. that's, that's maybe the best rendition I've heard of that, bro. No and way. through that pedal... Right, that's like, That sounds thinking. great. Now, that's the thing thinking. about this pedal is, though, bro, even though I don't know much about it, I do know it's something that they call true bypass. I've heard that. Those yeah, two so, words together. So it sounds like it's quality. When it's it that. is quality. And that explains the extra 80 to $130 on top of the price tag. That now, I can sell like you deal. on some boss stuff, but that'll color your tone, bro. You don't want to color your oh tone. Oh my God. I had no you, idea. Yeah, I thought that so, it was all quality But products. with this pedal, bro, you're going to need the cables to go with it. You're going to need right. some true bypass cables too. Because oh, there's, why, there's why, different cables for oh, true bypass. That makes sense. Bro, where do you think you are right now, bro? <laughs> where do you think you are? It's all right. I'm Al, dude. I'm a guitar representative right. here. I'll help you out. also know a lot about accessories. So we're going to need two 75-foot Mogami cables Mogami, with this pedal I've because, dude, you're going to be on stage. That's a good one, right? You never know how big of a stage you're going to be rocking either, too, bro. That's why you need a spring That's for the true. 75. You don't need a 15. That would be a waste of money because then you're just going to have to come back. I'm just going to have to come back. So these cables are only $215 a piece. But Seems with your 10% like off coupon, we can talk about that what? later, bro. So with that, also, dude, what kind of amp are you playing? Um, I'm playing out of a Vox AC30. No, dude, no, no. What you need really? is this Line 6 oh. Spider 3 full stack. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone oh, is... Okay, we have to end I, this here. I, could, um, I, could, I knew there was going to be we, one we, thing we that We could broke. go on all day. <laughs> if anyone is listening to this who is a musician and who has been in a guitar center, you know exactly what the fuck we're talking about. If you haven't 
had the privilege of being sold garbage at a guitar center. Um, I hope we get a guitar center sponsorship. Oh, I'll one take day. it. Um, no, I think we should. Uh, I think we should plug Walrus again. Thank you for inventing the Fathom Walrus. We yeah. can't wait to. Uh, we can't wait to own them and rep them live as 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 the day is long. So I guess the Go Parade 2.0, 2020. Has uh, now come one. to the end of its yeah. side A. I don't have any final thoughts for this one. No uh, Jerry Springer final thoughts. Oh, uh, yeah. Let's do one. Okay. Because right. I want to bring it. I want to bring it back around. Okay. Why are people excited about My Chemical Romance reuniting? And not just excited. All okay. right. Because because I've seen some clips and some stuff on Twitter about these reunion shows. Mm-hmm. People are bawling. Oh yeah. No, really losing. Losing their minds over it, um, yeah. fanaticism. Yeah, for and certain. I things. did not. I thought this was because, like we said, we're a little older. I thought this band was kind of on the last run of it the was screamo a weird pop punk. Yeah, for sure. Early mid two thousands thing, and I was like, all right, this one wears a considerable m- m- amount of more goth makeup. Right. Cool. cool. They wear uh, parade uniforms. Right. And, I remember yeah. that song. Scream that song was like every song in the shitty. 70s all mashed together, that Black Parade yes, song. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. With my father. I think you can just never... <laughs> that was good, by the way. That was really good. <laughs> We're going to have to get some more sound bits of that later. Right. Um, the fa- Never underestimate fanaticism. Like, yeah. you and I feel the same way about some groups. You know? Absolutely. Yet again, like, back to the Modest Mouse thing. If Modest Mouse was to go out on the road and play... Uh, this is a long drive or Lonesome Crowded West in its right. entirety, we would be crying too. We'd yeah. be very, very excited about that. These fans are on the cusp of when things really started to change in the music industry. Right. And fandom was made into a, a much bigger and different business. And I think it was at the tail end, back to the Hot Topic thing, because of the Hot Topic, right. like, you cannot uh, also underestimate how much influence Hot Topic culture had on pushing these bands to the forefront, right. uh, to like mainstream radio levels, like Mushuga on you know afternoon radio spins. They ruined my AFI. Yeah, no, of <laughs> course, they ruined everything. They ruined Zeppelin, they ruined Studded Belts, they right. ruined and black flat, oh, you know. I love studded belts. Dude, I love them. I'm, I mean, cone studs. That was my cone. So hot. Yeah. I personally like the ammunition. The ammunition belts <laughs> oh, is yeah. the way to go. Those yeah. were the hardest. So hard, dude. Yeah. So hard. My friend. I mean, we were punk growing up, and my friend Justin like had the neck, the lock necklace that oh, you yeah. just can't take off. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how do you take that? He's like, I don't. You don't, because I'm punk. Yeah. Like, why would I need to take any? I don't do anything different besides rebel against the system. You and, like, fuck. A lot of <laughs> a lot of those bullet belts weren't even like used as a belt it was no, just kind of wrapped it was, around it was lower on, yeah, yeah it was below the waist mm-hmm. above the thighs in that weird crotch area right but even those those were too punk for my chemical romance like this that's is, true yeah. this is like okay maybe that's why i had a hard they seem like poser culture yeah absolutely like when i was growing up because i was a little bit too old for it and i was just like what the fuck is this this is some poser bullshit this is some poser bullshit yeah. which I think we have a list that we'll probably do at some point in Goat Parade, which is, uh, um, am I a fucking poser? Right. Ten reasons why you are. I love it. Yeah. I think we'll have to get to that. Maybe one of them is that we are old and we don't understand. We're old. At this point, we're And you're much older than me with the two-year age gap. Of course. You make refs that I can't (laughs) even understand because of those two years. A lot happened in two years. Jesus, yeah. Um, I mean, I'm wearing a Twin Peaks shirt. You are wearing a Twin Peaks shirt. (laughs) And I'm wearing a blazer like I'm about to go, you know, hang myself from a ceiling fan. God, so 87. (laughs) 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 Uh, But... Whoever is going to the My Chemical Romance reunion, have fun. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm glad it's meaning so much to these fans. Like, drink some White Claws. You know, go out and like scream your heart out. Um, I heard there was a, I heard they were supposed to be at Coachella, but there was some nasty business about. What, I, this is just a rumor, but I heard there was something about where they were going to be billed. <gasps> oh, they them, weren't a top tier. It made them drop. Well, dude, you know the you know like the crazy competitive game behind the top tier billing. I can't right? even imagine. It's insane. So people pay to be bolder usually on on the festival tiers. You know, like that's agencies a, will shell out to like that's move a new you up. form of pay to play. It, it it's it's all payola. It's all yeah. the same thing. And I'm sorry I'm outing this to everyone. Yeah. It's not a conspiracy. Do you your research. But to not play a show where they're obviously offering you a ridiculous amount of money anyways. Like, because tier doesn't necessarily mean 
more or less money. Right. Like My Chemical Romance, just because they might have been on the third line, are still getting paid probably you know, 25, 30, 50, 60, who knows, a weekend. You know, and there's two fucking weekends. Oh, yeah. So probably even higher. Probably even higher. So it's all just a game of cat and mouse. Sorry, you heard it here first on the Go Parade 2.0 2020 podcast that you are a monkey with symbols. Dance, monkey, dance. <laughs> I hope that people are getting a taste of what this is going to be like. And there's going to be much more. And it, I think it's going to progress, dude. This was our yeah. first time. Yeah, it was great. I've We've been waiting great. a while to do this. I mean, I love you even more. I, yeah, we are closer now, especially closer since ever. you've made me like totally bare some skeletons in my closet oh, yeah. this wanted episode to, uh, alone. Yeah. Yeah. Wanted to paint the real picture off the, off, the, off the bat. you know. It will be a portrait worth forgetting, <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Goat Parade. 2.0, 2020. It's not going to be called that. No. It's just the Go Parade. No, no. I'm just, just yeah. reminding people that might that, have known and, that this And that we'll have another time. episode, Side B. Side B. We'll be in out a couple in a couple weeks. weeks. And Al, you'll, you'll have the list for that one. I'm Ooh. not sure what you're picking yet. Do you know? No, no. but it's going okay. to be something that you and I are going to argue about. You're going to have to pick the, the piece of gear as well. It's your Side okay. B. Okay, cool. So. Well, it's all going to be base distortion. Is it going to be that Line 6 Spider? It's going to be the Spider 3 full stack that I just picked up from Craig at GC for only three ninety nine bull stacks, bro. That's <laughs> <laughs> sick. I sound fucking sick. <laughs> Thank you, Beach. Al. Thank you. Thank you, dude. Thank you for having me. Thank you for doing this. Oh, yeah. I'm glad it's back. The Go Parade. We're back. Uh, see you in two weeks. Yeah. Go Parade out. Yeah.